You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey y'all, Bridget here. Guest co-host Kyle McHugh and I chatted with Mason Cavassier's seventh Chief Blender, Thibaut Antox, and celebrated Cavassier brand ambassador Zara Bates. They joined us at Tales of the Cocktail in New Orleans. Thibaut was selected for his role by the sixth generation Chief Blender of Cavassier. And prior to his appointment in January 2022, get this folks, he spent 20 years at distilleries all around the world before joining the Cavassier team. Cavassier brand ambassador Zara is known for her expertise of the category of cognac, her critical thinking approach, and for her years spent working behind the bar. Together, they shared their Tales of the Cocktail experience. They took us behind the scenes of all things Cavassier and so much more. So grab yourself your favorite Cavassier cocktail, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And Thibault, welcome to Served Up with guest host Kyle McHugh and I. We are so excited to have you on today's show. Thank you, Bridget. It's lovely to be here. Thank you, know, you we're, Bridget. Oh, my goodness. You're so welcome. It is true honor and pleasure to have you here. And, you know, I, I would love to for our listeners to really understand a bit about what you're doing here at Tales of the Cocktail, but most importantly, a little bit about yourselves and what, what really brought you into the industry. And I'm really going to start off with you, Thibault, if you can give us a little bit of your background, you know, where you're from and where your passion for our industry comes from. Big question, I know. <laughs> uh, it's a big question. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm a French uh, person. I grew up uh, in a small little town uh, south of Paris. And uh, I went and uh, beginning all my study and I was more going into science, mathematics. Uh, but it, it wasn't really for me. I find out that wasn't my way. And so I tried to get something else. And uh, at this time, I met someone that was in the industry of the spirit, wine and spirit. And uh, he said to me, uh, look, Thibault, you don't know your way. Uh, are you interested to go uh, for experience in China? So I went uh, for one year in China. Uh, it was a bottling line. They were doing bottling of uh, wine and, um, and uh, syrup. And uh, so that was my first experience that touched uh, the wine and spirit industry. Uh, to do so after, I, um, so it was like a one-off year between my study. So I went back and, uh, in France and studied for engineering, uh, study in the food industry, and I specialized myself into the fermentation and distillation. So during this three-year study, I was going like half of the time into industries and different distilleries. And uh, where it all begins is when I went to do one full campaign of distillation uh, at Cognac in one of the small distillery and uh, it's during five months. And I did like a full distillation process at the distillers. 
And I knew these days that's that's what I want to do. I want to work in a in the spirit industry and especially the distillation process. I finished my study and uh, had the opportunity to go and put up and set up a distillery in South Africa. So I went uh, for ten years. I set up the distillery. We were distilling uh, whiskey, uh, neutral alcohol, vodka, gin, uh, even agave spirit uh, on site. So that was, let's say, the start. And I was very happy because I, as a young age and just with my diploma, to give me this responsibility of setting up a distillery and doing my own decision, it was really a big opportunity for me. And uh, so that was the first part. And I decided uh, to go back to France. I was so in South Africa for 10 years and I had the opportunity uh, to go to work in the cognac uh, industry. And I went to do um, uh, in charge of the production, especially the cellar, the aging process, and one distillery in cognac for seven years. And uh, that's where I learned really also as a, the, all the party of the testing. I was part of a testing committee, so the, which is very important in our trade to, uh, to do all the testing and to know the quality of each Odevis. But uh, of course, uh, I saw the cognac, whiskey, gin, uh, agave spirit, and one I didn't know, it was the rum. And uh, so I said, I had the opportunity to go in Martinique, in the French Caribbean, to do some rum. So I said, bingo, I'm still young. And uh, well, I thought I was still young. And <laughs> I went and uh, do the, um, uh, the discovery of the, the rum industry, uh, the agricult agricultural rum from pure uh, cane juice. And I did it for a little bit more than four years. And uh, then um, I saw this wonderful opportunity at uh, Courvoisier with the uh, departure of the uh, chief blender, Patrice Pines, that going, was going to retire. And uh, so I jumped on this opportunity. I said, look, it's a lifetime, uh, it's a dream that will come true if I can get it. So I went and, of course, Patrice selected me and said, we come and join the, the family of Courvoisier. And here I am today. That's that is an amazing cool. adventure. Wow. I mean, yes. I got a lot to get into. I, I don't know how you can do all that when you're 28 already. I mean, it's so many years, but I'm doing the math. Um, <laughs> I wish. I come back. Yeah, right. Uh, I could be 28. I could play 28, right? If the, the right lighting. Um, and your mind. I want to mind we're still 28. That's what is important. Always. Yeah. Uh, his, uh, stuck there in, a, in the best of ways. Permanently. Um, Zara, I want to uh, ask you, I mean, we, you've been on the show, you're a friend of Served Up, you've done lots of other Served Up stuff with us, so it's so great to have you back. Talk to us a little bit about what you all are here at Tales doing this year at the 20th anniversary of Tales of the Cocktail and kind of our all of our triumphant returns to New Orleans after two years of remote Tales of the Cocktail. It's not the same. It's so great to be back in New Orleans. Talk to us about Kavasi and, and what you all are uh, doing while we're here in town. Well, uh, we're making a lot of, for me, personal dreams come true, which has been very exciting. Um, we have uh, done an, a, a partnership with the Cocktail Apprentice Program and did their welcome. And we did that um, at a venue with a former cap of uh, 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 runs that program and is part owner. So it is uh, one of those dreams that you have always hoped for. And then that happened to be able to have Tibo here, also another dream come true. 
uh, to be able to um, one, share Kobazi with the world, but also to have somebody who is just so generous and giving of spirit and time in a place that is also just, I feel like, so representative of the same thing. It's such a hospitable city. Um, and then plus we have, you know, a lot of you may have noticed that we've changed. We have a new packaging. A lot of it we've had, you know, input from trade to actually showcase what our new packaging looks like. Our VSOP bottle is more ergonomic bottle. And that was something that trade had been asking for a long time. Our VS fits in a well now, something that trade has been asking for for a long time. So it's just, as I was saying earlier, and when I started, is it's a lot of dreams come true for me happening um, here. And that's what I feel like we're doing at Tales for Kubozie. Well, that's really incredible. And I love that, you know, that the bottle's fitting in the well, folks. That's some big news. That's pretty <laughs> incredible stuff. You know, um, Tebow, I'm going to bring it back over to you. Because, you know, we are here at Tails and this is a big year because we haven't been together in quite um, a few, a few years. And I know for me, I've been here for a couple of days here in New Orleans. And I just want to talk about that energy maybe that you've been feeling and um, what you're experiencing being here in New Orleans around the trade and maybe meeting some new friends or, you know, I'm seeing some old friendly faces, but really kind of, you know, set the tone, set the vibe. You know, what are you experiencing here in town? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's such a wonderful uh, moment. And uh, when uh, Zara in, uh, was earlier on February this year, and when she said to me, uh, please, can you come to, uh, to the Tells uh, with me? I said, uh, no, 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 that's uh, just an honor. I'm not going to miss this for the world. I knew, I heard of, of it a lot and my first time. So I never been here. So uh, it was such a... A pleasure and uh, excitement to come here. Like I said uh, last night, we were speaking to the apprentice, and I said to them, uh, as a chief blender, I'm enjoying doing the blend and doing from the vineyard distillation. But one thing, my work will be nothing if I didn't have uh, on trade and bartender and person that will promote and sells and show what we can do with our cognac. So that's very important for me to come and see the people that make true and recognize our work we're doing in uh, Jarnac. And uh, that's very important. So I'm so excited. I had plenty of questions, uh, which I love. We share a lot of uh, discussion around testing. And yeah, it's to speak what we do every day. It's, it's such a wonderful experience. And I think that's the best place to be. 100%. Um, I'm a proud, nobody at home can see this and you can't see another thing, but I'm a proud Tales apprentice. Uh, my one tattoo, I'm a horrible bartender because I only have one tattoo, but it's from my <laughs> apprentice days. Uh, so those are definitely my, my peeps from over a decade ago now. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, a little more salt uh, in the pepper these days. Thibaut, I, I want to go back into your history. I want to stay with you for a second. Again, as a, I'm a certified distiller, I've never made my living as a distiller, but one thing I've learned in working around the spirits trade for over 20 years is so many of the distillers, let alone blenders, and the, the magic of those two different skills, being a seller master and a blender and a distiller, they're different skill sets. So somebody who can do it all is, is hard enough to come by. But one thing I've also seen is that it's, it's really rare for somebody in their career to have knowledge of fruit distillation, grain distillation. You were saying, you know, rum and agriculture juice distillation, the fact that you went and sought that out. And we're able to do that at, at, at a relatively young age. I'm curious, 
do you see the same thing as a as a real distiller, not a paper distiller like me, but as a real distiller? Do you also find that it's it's limited? And is that part of what drove you to continue to like find all of the different fermenteds and, and distillates out there to really round out your own distilling knowledge? Yeah, it's it's Kyle, uh, it's really true. It's um I'm really passionate about uh, the wine and spirits industry. To add on it, I didn't say my uh, all this time, I also become an onolog, uh, onologist. So I did the study uh, on the wine, on the side of the wine, and I did my uh, stage for six months at uh, uh, Chateau Mouton Rothschild in France uh, to do the wine. So I would say it's, I'm always curious to learn and to have uh, knowledge of what to do, like you speaking about distillation. I would say also the cooking. For example, the agave was something very amazing to, to learn or to make uh, the fermentation and those difficulties. That was, I think, one of my most difficult experience I had uh, was to do uh, agave spirit. Uh, for distillation, you always learn from different uh, way to distill and to do the, um, from the rum, from the agave, from the, any spirit. So I think I learned a bit and I'm curious. And that's why I said, I don't know everything. I'm still learning every day. And to discuss with other and to see other spirits, it's always very interesting. And today with Beam Century, lucky enough, we've got very skilled person everywhere in the world on any spirit. And uh, we're sharing it also together. And I'm learning from them. And I hope they will learn also from me. That was beautifully said, really, truly, um, to stay curious, right? And to always be learning. Those are two really important things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we, you know, get sidetracked from that. So that's a really beautiful statement. Zara, I'd love to throw it back over to you for a moment. Something really special that I find about Zara is not only that is she incredibly intelligent, she is cognac. I mean, she's she's the finesse, the elegance um, in her soul. She exudes the entire category, even beyond Cavassier. She just has that, that beautiful soul and spirit about her that when you think of cognac, it's really hard not to think of Zara and her wonderful, beautiful spirit. But something really wonderful about Zara is that she truly comes from the trade, the beverage trade. You know, she wasn't just hired on as a brand ambassador, like we see sometimes um, as a fan of maybe something, but she truly earned her stripes really the fucking hard way. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, sorry, but she did like, you know, she bartended. You went through the cap program. I just saw your little pineapple when you raised your hand. Y'all can't see it, but I saw it. And so Zara, I want to ask you, because I know that you are incredibly thoughtful with every single thing that you put out there. And I'm not talking about strategic, but being very thoughtful, right? About the programs that you create and always in the back of your mind or forefront of your mind, always thinking about the trade and your experience. Can you talk about where that passion comes from for you? You know, especially being here at Tales. We haven't been here in a long time because you are truly one of us and what that means to you. Thank you. You're making me blush. I'm not used to taking compliments as being somebody from being a bartender. Um, you're used to like grinding, really. Um, but thank you so much. Um, for me, I'm always thinking about the next generation because we always want to leave the industry that has given us so much better than we found it. And that's what I'm, that's what's usually at the forefront of my mind is how can I help the next generation get to where they want to be? Um, because, you know, I, 
I went through a lot of different things to figure out my path. And I didn't need to take as much time to get to the path that I'm on now. And I would like to make it easier for, you know, the people that come up behind me to find their path themselves. So my personal passion happens to be um, critical thinking in the art of hospitality. So to be able to share that aspect of how you problem solve, how you approach uh, decision making um, through critical thinking, that is a personal passion of mine. Um, And also just uh, making sure that we get to shine a spotlight on bartenders as well. Another passion being um, part of um, the, a co-founder for Art Beyond the Glass, making sure that artists have or bartenders have more ways of expressing themselves than just our ephemeral art of cocktail making, but also the other arts that they're involved in. So um, generally anything that I know that I can do to help, that's generally my goal is to make sure that uh, our, our people get to express themselves the way that they want to. Beautifully said. And it's amazing how many artists of various sorts, multimedia artists, if you will, live in and are drawn to the the cocktail space, the bartending space. Number one, because it's a job and it's money, because sometimes if you're in other fields of the arts, you need some help to get started and you can go and start in the bartending business and it's it's flexible, right? And, And usually make great money. But uh, it's so wonderful what I've seen Art Beyond the Glass do over the years to help bring that to various cities and 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 to let people express their arts in so many different ways. So well done. I'm going to throw this to either of you. I'll let you both answer. Um, maybe Zara, I'll let you start first with your thoughts on it. But you work for one of the most respected names in the spirits business, one of the most hallowed names in spirits, let alone cognac. As the as the the power and the faces of of everything with Cavassier that you are, uh, globally speaking. Where I feel like we're in a renaissance of cognac, um, and it's really starting to like we've seen tequila take off during the COVID, but I feel like it, quietly it's hard to keep Cavassier and it's hard to keep cognac on the shelves because people are drinking it like crazy all across the world. So, I want to know a little bit from your perspective as one of those defining names of cognac, where do you see the industry currently? Do you also feel like that renaissance is happening, and where do you see it moving? What are some of the great things going on? And what are some of the challenges that you're facing as a result of that success? I will leave the, I feel like Thibaut is going to know the challenges even more in depth than I will. So I will leave that to him. I will talk about where I think that we're going. Um, Cognac is such a complicated spirit. And when I say that it's complicated, I really mean that it's so nuanced and it has so much to offer that it can give you something for every mood that you have. And I think that um, as bartenders are rediscovering their um, interest and passion in cognac and all of the ways that they can express themselves in cognac, um, I think that that is really why we're having that true renaissance and how they're reaching out to consumers and showcasing how consumers can enjoy it in so many different ways. So I think that we're going to... um, Almost back to, you know, it used to be around a third of classic cocktails were all cognac. So um, to be able to get back to that and the rediscovery of that, I think that that's where we're going to kind of be um, to take a, a, a note from Cuvosier is where we're going to be blossoming uh, for our, you know, as our house style being a cognac and blossom. So we're, we're just going to keep unfurling in that way. Yes. And uh, if I can add what's exactly uh... Perfectly agreed with what say uh, Zara now. 
It's Cognac in Blossom. And one thing that I think uh, Patrice, the previous chief blender, my predecessor, uh, is, was so happy to leave the company with this new branding, the new packaging, with uh, this Cognac in Blossom. He created it, the, the word is coming from him and uh, the style of the house. And he was very happy to, and I'm so happy to inherit all this, uh, the stock of Audevie to do it. And all this new image, which I think Courvoisier uh, needed it. And uh, I'm arriving at the perfect time. So it's uh, so exciting. Uh, we've got big challenge in front of us. And to add on what Zara said, I'm a typical example of a person that will have changed. I took the uh, XO, the XO of uh, Courvoisier. I'm a French person. Uh, okay, I explore the world, but I was a traditional uh, XO uh, on a digestive after dinner on a chocolate or coffee next to it. Perfect. Uh, that's the way you must uh, enjoy your XO. And uh, at this discussion, uh, one of our first discussions with uh, Zara, and she said to me, no, no, Thibault, wait. Let's, I will do something. I'm, uh, I know what you, you will enjoy the, the Courvoisier XO. So she made me an old-fashioned. And I such enjoyed it. And it was renaissance, a new way to enjoy the XO. I don't say I don't enjoy it neat anymore, but I enjoy it also uh, in a cocktail. And that's where I think I'm a typical customer and client, not as a chief blender. It's we changing, and the cognac category is changing right away, as the same as Maison Courvoisier. You know, I do feel like the category is incredibly approachable, as complicated as it might seem to the consumer and sometimes even to the professional, you know, you know how it's made. And, and it, it, it is a little fussy, right? There's a lot of rules and regulations around it, but that's fine because it, it keeps it um, true to itself, right? But, you know, but with that said, um, and I'm going to throw it back over to Zara first. How do we not uh, recreate the category? But what are some of the more innovative things that Carrossier is doing to really maybe reintroduce this category um, to the trade and to the consumer? In innovations, I will uh, leave that again to Thibault. But I think a lot of the way that we're actually reaching out to our consumers is completely different, especially for Cavosier, where we are aiming to say, you know what, let's not be so serious about cognac. Cognac is actually really fun. It is a place to, you know, have a party with. It is, I mean, when you consider, you know, when you go to France, when you go to Paris, when you go to cognac itself, there is always music and it's so lively and vibrant. And that's what cognac is as well. And so for us to be able to express ourselves in the way that I think is very truly um, not just French, but what most people like really looking forward to today, you know, we want to have a bit more fun. We want to be out there enjoying ourselves. We want to connect with people. And I feel like the way that we're doing it is to connect through Cuvazier. Exactly. It's, uh, it's a cognac fit perfectly to New Orleans. This joie de vivre, this vibes, this, it's the jazz, uh, the music, uh, everything. It's what cognac should be and not the traditional way that we used to imagine was cognac before. We are, we are launching and uh, it's quite a privilege. Uh, at the time, we're launching what we call XO Royal which is uh, the new XO uh, in our range, uh, which 
it's very important because it's in the global range. It's not a limited edition. So it will be there and continue to be there. And last time Courvoisier did an innovation and a permanent in the range was in 2009 with Lessons. So now in 2022, so it's a big gap. And also for me, it's, uh, it's very particular because in 2009, it was a transition between Jean-Marc Olivier, the chief blender, and Patrice Pinet, the chief blender. So it was a transmission. And XORYL this year, it's uh, the transmission from Patrice who did it and started it. And I took at the end, I was with him. So it's a transition also. And uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful blend that we went back to the roots of um, Maison Courvoisier. Jarnac, and we're very proud to be in Jarnac and not in Cognac, actually. Small little town of Jarnac on the Charente River. And you had two crus, the Grand Champagne and the Fainbois. And that's where the supply was coming from at the origin of the company. And that's what we did in this blend is we use very old Grand Champagne and very old uh, Fainbois that we blend together as a tribute of um, what we did at the beginning. And I will must enjoy it and test it and uh, we can share around it and you must tell me what you think about it. That's one innovation. Uh, another one we did more on the limited edition. It was, uh, it was um, second maturation in the Mizunara cask. And that's uh, very important to us because it was really a collaboration between Centauri and Chinji Fukuyo, the chief blender of Centauri and Patrice uh, and Courvoisier. So it's really a collaboration. It hasn't been made by Courvoisier. It's been made by Centauri and Courvoisier. And that's what's quite unique. And we like to, we were speaking earlier about sharing the knowledge of each different spirits and industry. That was typically an example of what we did on, uh, on this uh, second maturation of uh, Mijinara cask. So say a little bit more, it's, uh, it's a Grand Champagne uh, selected by Patrice that's been uh, aged for three years, more than three years, into a new Mizunara cask. And that brings an exotic uh, aroma, something completely new that we're not used to, to have uh, normally in the cognac category. That's so exciting. Mizunara oak is so hard to come by. It's so exotic for this side of things. It's so expensive uh, on, on its best days, let alone the pricing of barrels now. So to be able to see that tradition of the house and the roots of Pavassier as a house it, it, with this completely new and different aging process. It's such a fun, it's got to be such a fun wave to ride for you as, as again, the folks behind Cavassier to be able to take that tradition and take it to completely unexplored new places while still being anchored in what over a century of tradition is, is so incredible. It makes me ask, and we, we were talking about New Orleans and we're, we're filming this at Tales of the Cocktails, we said, and New Orleans was obviously the outpost of French culture to the United States, to what is now the United States for so long, long before uh, it was part of the United States here in New Orleans. And Zara, you'd mentioned before, you know, a third of those classic cocktails were most likely cognac, Armagnac, French brandy based. And New Orleans, of course, is the home of so many signature classic cocktails and we're, we're able to go to the bars that are still standing, serving their signature cocktails. It's such an exciting place in the world to come visit. So those who have not made it to New Orleans, what are you doing? Get down here and see how incredible this city is. We know that that's the tradition here in New Orleans and with classic cocktails. 
What are some of those rooted in tradition evolutions that we're seeing happening around the world and how we're using cognac in new and exciting ways based on that tradition? So um, some of the really exciting work that I get to do is to do research in cocktail history and rediscover some of those things. So I was very lucky enough. I um, have a very good friend, Kelly Rivers, who works on Sipsmith, and she and I are um, what I like to call power nerds. And we do (laughs) deep dives in cocktail history. So we did one where uh, we did a very playful battle between um, cognac and gin about the history of the French 75. And it started off as a little joke on social media about where it's supposed to be, because obviously, you know, being in New Orleans, New Orleans believes it is a cognac cocktail. And so we started that debate. And then Kelly and I found out as we dug deeper and deeper, it actually is um, a split based cocktail. It originated as a split based cocktail. Um, so as a Swazankans, the first three iterations, um, one Swazankans, then it was called French 75. And from the first three iterations, it was a stirred cocktail in a coupe with both gin and cognac in it. It wasn't until 1927 until it actually they were trying to replicate the shape of the artillery that went into the French 75 cannon. And they found that because they did that in a highball glass, they found that there wasn't enough liquid for the cocktail to fill up a highball glass. So they added ice and added champagne. And that's the first time that champagne was added into the drink. So. Fun things like that. Um, We were able to do also a deep dive into the daisy. The daisy started off as a cocktail, not as a category. It evolved into a category. Obviously, now we know the margarita is the most famous daisy, but it originated as a brandy daisy. That was the first iteration of it being printed. Um, And then there's a long history about how it evolved. And uh, that's Kelly and I do a, a, an education on that now. So it's a lot of fun things like that and um, really fascinating ways of looking at, you know, cognac is incredible on its own, obviously. And I think that that's how most people view it. But there are so many incredible cocktails that you can have it in. If you love a mint julep, a prescription julep originated with cognac, a little bit of rye float on top. Um, old fashions, um, like old fashions really came with lots of spirits back then. Um, yes. And cognac was like one of the ones that really was, you know, um, if you were, uh, not necessarily aristocracy because we didn't have that in the United States, but if you had a good amount of money, your old fashioned was with cognac. (laughs) So, um, it's, these are really fun things that I, um, really, I, I feel like I couldn't have a better job in the world to be able to like delve into that sort of stuff. I'm here for the cocktail nerdy history. <laughs> I think it's absolutely fascinating what you and Kelly have, you know, discovered and uncovered and share with the world. It's really cool. Super cool. Yeah, you know, we talk about cocktails. We talk about Cavassier and obviously, you know, they, they it plays so beautifully and a cocktail uplifts it. But one of the things we haven't talked about is how beautiful it pairs with food. And so I'd like to go over to Thibault. Start with you first. You know, what are some of the more interesting pairings that you've seen with Cavassier and a cuisine? Yeah, it's uh, actually, yes, it's we we don't uh, like the tradition. We don't really use like the cocktail. The food pairing is something that's starting to be new and uh, becoming more often. And I really, really appreciate it to um, to be able to uh, to do the food pairing. 
Of course, I'm not, uh, I'm the chief blender. Uh, my pretension is to do cognac and the food, I'm not an expert. I leave this to my wife and uh, other people to do so. But as a um, spirit and passionate and lover, uh, I'm also a food lover. So when I can do a good restaurant, I will not hesitate. When I visit like no New Orleans, I try the, the cuisine. So I would say um, on a traditional, uh, we've got... Uh, the cognac will pair nicely with different, all depends on the category. You've got the VS, you've got uh, the VSOP, and the XO will not have the same type of um, of pairing with it. So it's quite vast. But the thing is, I will say it's, we must just try. It's, we mustn't put boundary, we mustn't put limit, we mustn't say, no, that's not going to work. Let's try it. And we see after what happened. And that's the way, we must be curious. And uh, also to say, a lot of my inspiration when I create a blend, a new blend, will come from the food. And what I eat and what's the sensation I got when I eat a, something and I say, oh, can I reproduce this aroma into the, into the cognac, into the blend? So that's quite important for me to, uh, to be curious on this one. Yeah, definitely stay curious and always try. I'm always surprised because I, I do drink cognac. I'm a, I'm a cognac drinker. I drink, I do drink Cavassier and I do drink it at home, you know? So I'm always, and at home, I'm not fancy people at all. You know, I eat popcorn sometimes for dinner, like whatever. But one of the more like surprising pairings that I have found is I love coconut cake. Like I really okay. love it. Um, my daughter loves to bake it. And I love when she bakes it and I'll just pour a little glass of uh, the VSOP neat. And it just, uh, I don't know what it is, but like the buttery deliciousness of the coconut cake and it just sings, it comes to life with that pairing with the VSOP. It goes so well together. And I have to say, when I first sat down at my kitchen table with the VSOP and my husband looked at me like I was nuts, he's like, you're going to have that with this cake page just made? I'm like, you bet I am. And it was delicious. So I'm always finding something new and fun. Like you said, you know, stay curious. Um, what about you, Sarah? I am a massive fan of pairing cognac with food. Um, I have been lucky enough to work in Michelin-starred restaurants and to um, learn from sommeliers and uh, have the goal of pairing cognac in the same way that you pair wine with dishes. So I'm always looking for either um, a complementary, a contrasting, or um, a, a pairing that um, would be something that is unexpected, like the coconut cake and the VSOP. I was introduced, um, and Thibault and I have talked about this before in the past, about taking a bottle of VSOP and putting it in the freezer and having glasses in the freezer. And I love sushi with frozen VSOP. So when I pour it out, cause it's not going to freeze properly, but the texture of the VSOP, because it is, as you were saying, like so creamy and it has such an incredibly long finish as it warms up on my palate. And um, the, especially if I'm having say like a salmon, a sashimi or tuna, the toro, because of the fat content that's showing up and some of the minerality that's showing up in the fish, it draws out something completely unexpected that you wouldn't normally uh, have or taste if you were just having it at room temperature cognac. So that's one of my favorite things to do is just to discover a different moment that I could have with cognac. And because there's hundreds of volatile aromatic compounds that show up in cognac, you can pretty much have a different experience every day. <laughs> Variety is what's so exciting about it. And 
I love, uh, Bridget, you were saying so many nice things about Zara blushing through the screen here as we're talking, again, sharing everybody before, because um, she is so humble about it. But uh, I, the one thing I, I wanted to see uh, that, you, that you missed was the, the power. It's so sublime and it's so delicate, but there's a lot of power behind Cognac too, but it's not, never tries too hard. I think that's so important and, and part of its magic of what it happens. Zara, I love some of the things that you'd said before too about you know other things that you're passionate about and what you're bringing to the table and to our industry. Thibault, I'm curious as you know as you take on are taking on and have taken on this role with Cavassier, this this classic storied house. What, what do you hope to be your legacy if you've even been able to think about that yet? As you look forward way down the line to handing it over, as as you've had it handed to you, um, the the reins of those sellers. You know, what do you hope to bring to the the history of Cavassier with your time and and such an important share for the brand? Yeah, definitely two things. It's as a continuity. Uh, I inherited a beautiful stock of Eau de Vis. So now I'm the guardian of this stock. Um, my role is to make sure that I will replace this stock with a stock that has good or even better for the next generation. So that's the daily part. And that's what I'm doing with the team. Make sure that we can reproduce all the blend in the future. That's one part. And the second part is the innovation. So yeah, I just want to give pleasure to the to myself and hopefully to the consumer by creating a blend. So try something and see how it, uh, it reacts. And hopefully uh, they will say, wow, they bring something. So it's just a pleasure to give pleasure. It sure is. And what a great way to do that, you know, through Crevastier and through really being curious. And, and it really does allow you to go on a little adventure, right? Not all spirits can do that. Because like you said, Zara, you know, um, it, it just changes with each experience, which is incredible, which is one of the reasons why I personally love cognac so very dearly. But I do want to thank you both um, from the bottom of our heart, from the Served Up family for taking time during your very busy Tales of the Cocktail <laughs> schedules, you know, to be with us today, to really to share your beautiful messaging and um, your personalities and all your positive energy. So Thibaut and Zara, thank you, thank you, thank you. And as always, the Served Up family wants to wish you both just some great health during this time and a whole lot of peace. So cheers to the both of you. And thank you so much for being on Served Up. Thank you, Bridget. It's been a wonderful experience as always. Thank you very much, Bridget. Thank you, Carl. It was Really a wonderful experience to meet you and uh, looking forward to see you. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers.